Mindful Life Practice Community. All right. Um, welcome to our sixth episode of um, Chaturangas. I can't believe we're on episode six. I know. I always wanted to start saying that like this is the end of season one. Should we make this the end of season one? <laughs> and what? Season two starts <laughs> next week? Season two will start next week. Guys, we just decided that. <laughs> It's all good to the season finale of the Chaturanga. Um, I'm Alex. Um, Alex McRobbs. I'll give my full name. Uh, that's not even my full name. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought for the longest time that your last name was actually McRobbs. People think that. Like, teachers will occasionally call me Miss McRobbs by mistake at school. <laughs> and I was like, wow, oh, that's so interesting. And I was like, okay, well, there is a chance that maybe she's just kind of, like, having fun with it. <laughs> you know? I was like, maybe that's her nickname. Now but, I'm so used to it that I can't even imagine introducing myself as Alexandra McRobert. Like, Alexandra McRobert is, like, the formal me wearing, like, the the long skirt at work, you know? And Alex McRobbs is, like, the alter ego. Like, <laughs> 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 That's like me, I'll, I'll be like Yasdal. Or no, it's actually like Smee, my nickname that everyone's been calling me since I was 12. You know, it's even like at my old job, big boss wants to talk to me, Smee, will you come into my office, please? <laughs> I forgot what your first name was because I just read you as, as Schmeeks for so many years on Instagram. Like, I, is yeah in your bio? I must have gone to your bio to be like, what's her name again? It's not Schmeeks. <laughs> yep, that's me. That's so we have Alex McRobbs and Smee Dalul. Sure, let's put in the last name there too. <laughs> Smee D. <laughs> We're both in a silly mood today, it seems, which is great. Good, yeah. Yeah, better than us being in bad moods, right? <laughs> How, so we were talking about this. We were thinking maybe we could start our episodes by listing a couple of things that we're grateful for because I think we're both over the pandemic, even though it's very much still happening. <laughs> but you know what? Life goes on. So Alex, what's up? Let us know. Um, something I did today was I had a Zoom call with a friend um, in Toronto and we uh we always get together and make music he's like a very good uh piano player and guitar player and singer and so today we did uh some covers over zoom which was really fun um i listened back though and there's a few second delay so uh it's not very uh postable <laughs> but it was really fun it was like a really nice hour together that's so nice what did you cover we covered uh, Bonnie Bear, I Can't Make You Love Me. And we covered Old Pine, oops, by Ben Howard. And we did one more song, um, Alicia Keys, I Ain't Got You. Oh my God, I used to love that song when I was in high school. Oh my God. I, I, I used to love that whole album, actually. One of my friends, like in my high school days, she also used to sing and at lunchtime, we were so dorky. We would just kind of do like an acapella, like harmony of a mashup of a couple of Alicia Keys songs. 
and then go into like Mary J. Blige and Wyclef Jean. <laughs> so 2005. <laughs> yeah, Wyclef. I love Wyclef. What are you grateful um, for? What am I grateful for? I am grateful for my best friend. I got to spend some time with her last night. We had a beautiful dinner that we cooked together. And we sat outside in my garden. Like we had a beautiful table set up and clams over linguine and grilled asparagus and artichokes, which we both did not know how to make <laughs> nor eat. We were like, how do you eat an artichoke? <laughs> Just like ripping it apart, you know? And uh, we just had such a wonderful time. She's moving soon and, you know, it was great to spend some time with her. Mm. And yeah, I hope she's listening to this. <laughs> I like force my friends to listen every week and I wonder how many of them do. If you do, please write or comment <laughs> or something. Like subscribe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's what I'm grateful for today, for sure so nice that that we're the world is opening up and we're able to see people yeah yeah we were seeing each other responsibly like as soon as because in Quebec they've been kind of like letting people they've been like okay so you can hang out outside up to like 10 people three addresses if you have like a private backyard like that started around May mm -hmm. You know, because they know. They're like, the weather is getting better here. We have really terrible winters. And they they know that people are going to break the rules anyway. So they're just trying to, like, guide us into doing it safely. Yeah. And encouraging outside, outdoor hangs. But she and I are, I haven't been seeing many people. She's been a constant, so that's good. You know, and we both have been tested and we're both clear. And so it's all... It's all okay, you know, but it is good that they're opening up some things and that we're all learning how to live in the new normal. Like virtual yoga has just become so normal to me. My actual studio has reopened and I don't think I can go back. Really? Yeah, because it's also, I mean, I love you, Moto, but <laughs> like I would rather do yoga alone and see you know, say hi to you via webcam at the end of class rather than going to a hot, sweaty studio where I actually never talk to anybody. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? It's so interesting. Like I was thinking the other day about, I was like, what makes this community connection so strong? And part of it is that we all come in and our name is in the corner and we're learning people by name. Like, do you ever do that in a studio? Like. Not really. The room where I was part of in Abu Dhabi was pretty good about it. Um, but it's this whole idea of us coming in with our name tags and being able to talk to each other. It's like, it's amazing. Like, it's like a real, like a real sangha, like a real community. Yeah. And I'll never forget that first month was so magical. Not that the others haven't been, but that first month was really where the magic was starting. And I'll never forget when, I think it was Ryan who said, he was like, hey Yasser, you got a haircut. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that so well, because for me, 
I was actually shocked by it because I wasn't like, you guys were all my friends and I wasn't realizing that you guys were developing these connections too. Like, I thought you were all like, I don't know why it, it, it didn't occur to me that of course Ryan is forming a connection with Yasser, you know, cause they see each other every day. But, um, that was when I really realized. And then I see people messaging each other and, you know, people posting each other's things on Instagram or tagging each other. And it's yeah. just like, that's when I'm like, wow, this is really strong. It's really special. It is really special. You know what? Like, I think we're all kind of learning that the virtual life is not as scary as we thought it would be because there was this huge warning when social media and just like, computers and everything started taking over at the beginning of the decade and they're like oh my god and kids are going to stop playing outside and this is going to happen this is going to happen I think that in 2020 we should walk away with a balance being like it's okay to have a virtual life but we shouldn't forget the outside world either fully mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. there needs to be some kind of a balance mm -hmm. I agree does that fit into today's topic at all? I love how I always say that. It's like, I'll, I'll just say something. I'll be like, does this fit into what we're about to talk about? Darana? I topic is Darana. Yeah. What I understand it is, is just having like that steady concentration or focus. And someone described it on Instagram. One of the Instagram yogis that I follow, but I can't remember who, just, just, or it might've even been Rolf in his book talking about how there's a moment in every practice when you, something has shifted within you mm. and you're not that busy mind that walked in and you're just flowing and you're just in the present moment. And like, you're not always aware of it happening, um, but it happens. And that is what I understand stepping into Dharana is, is like stepping into the concentration of the present moment when you like get into that flow. Mm. Yeah, I have a very hard time with that in life. And I think, well, Dharana, there was a, I remember one of the earlier blog posts I've, I wrote for the MLPC blog which I need to get on. <laughs> I owe you a post or five. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but um, I remember one of them and I was describing like you could feel while practicing yoga. There was one part where I said like the frustration part of it, but then there's going to be a magical moment when you just get so into it and it happens about like midway through the practice for me, at least. It's like the center point around like the second flow of the sequence that you just get into it and you're like, you know what, this is why I come here. This is why I love this. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's Duran. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I've also had trouble with it lately um, because I've been, not lately, but there was a big period of time when MLPC was transitioning into a business and there was a lot of stressful things I had to deal with, like people's apps not working or people's logins not working or da 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 like things were always coming up on my phone and I hit there was a period of time where I was doing other teachers classes but I was on my phone the entire time or even when I was teaching my phone was at the corner of my mat and that notifications would be popping up and I would be like reading the notifications you know 
And then that was what I was lacking. It was getting into a state of dharana, which you're not getting into if you're on your phone. And um, I've recently, so I've started doing all my filming now on my phone, um, just because it's like a better quality camera for the room that I'm now in with like the backlight. And um, that has been amazing because it's, it's separated me from my phone during teaching. And then during, you'll see me when I'm practicing a lot, I often take a time lapse of me practicing. And that's also to separate me from my phone. Because if you don't separate from it, especially now that we're not in these like literal yoga studios, who's going to police that you're not on your phone, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's true, you know, um, about the phone thing. I've never had much of an issue with checking my phone during a class because like through, you know, it's just always been a rule, like don't keep your phone in the yoga room. So I'm very used to it, but I have been having trouble with getting into classes and staying in the moment. I think that if any of our fellow practitioners are listening to this, I, people notice I haven't been coming to classes as much. So, cause like, I can't, I just can't get into it right now. I don't know why. Yeah. I have no clue what's going on. So we should make a, <laughs> I should make like a documentary. How, how Smee got her Dorana back. <laughs> <laughs> Finding the missing Dorana. Where did you go? <laughs> you know what? I think with all people, it ebbs and flows through life. You know, I am, I've been like you, like I've gone through phases where I've been less committed. I've been gone through phases where I'm more committed and, um, right now the only reason or what's keeping me so committed is that I'm running this business and I'm teaching yoga like two, three times a day. Right. So I cannot, I cannot step back. But if you don't have like in times of my life, when I have, um, for example, when I first moved to Abu Dhabi and I was having a hard time getting a yoga teaching job because there's just so many great teachers and studios here you know, and I was getting like heavy, heavily into drinking and I was much less committed to yoga. And if I did show up at yoga, I was hungover, you know? And so it, it's in, you know, your life kind of ebbs and flows around it. Mm. I have faith in July though. You know, I, I really, I'm going to say this in front of God knows how many people. <laughs> Are you going to do a 30 day challenge again? I'm going to yes. do it in July. Because July is also my birth month. So it's like, I think it's a good time to do it. You know? Start promoting that. I've completely dropped the wagon on it. On the 30 day challenge? Like I just haven't done any promotion and it's like June 25th. Fair. And it's also, it's a lot of pressure to be honest. Like I've started every month with the intention of doing a 30 day challenge. And then I drop off by like day four and then I just feel like the worst person (laughs) (laughs) to be honest. Like three day challenge in when I first got into yoga and then every other year, my life just got too like, it was an annual thing that happened every fall at the studio. And my life was just too busy. Like even at a live, when they did the 30 day challenge and people were like, you should do it. I was like, I physically can't. 
Like I cannot come to the studio every day. It's literally not going to fit into my schedule, you know? And you lived on the opposite side of the country from the studio. And like, fine, Kuwait's not that big, but. I still can't believe that, that that was an hour long drive. Yeah. Like, and Kuwait's traffic is not forgiving. No. I mean, sure, if you were doing this at like 6 a.m., it would be like 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. But with Quaid's traffic, forget it. It was an hour. Forget it. it yeah. Reasonable. And that is yeah. how much I struggled in my first year. And that's how desperate I was to find a yoga community that I was willing to drive an hour for it. Like. How was your Dharana when you moved to Quaid with yoga? I think when you use the word dharana here, I think dharana is like the state of concentration in the yoga practice. Yeah. I think you're, you mean tapas when you say, cause you're asking me like, how was my commitment to yoga? Right. Yeah. I would say that's how was your commitment to yoga, but how was your concentration also like within your practice in Kuwait where like, you knowing like, Oh, I have to like go for an hour and then I have to, I have another hour to drive back. Or would you find a lot of, distractions with how much was going on in your life in Kuwait and proximity and stuff like do you think proximity helps with keeping you concentrated I think I definitely didn't realize how privileged I was in Canada to be like three minutes walking from a studio you know and then I definitely, in, in my first year in Kuwait, I completely lost my practice because there was nowhere for me to practice. And um, I really rely on community, like I can't do it alone. And um, so definitely I was willing to drive the full hour to Alive. And I remember those practices, the classes at Alive being so healing, like so healing. Oh my God, I was so happy when I got back to Kuwait to have a studio to practice at. Oh my God, we all were, trust me. Kuwait did not have a yoga studio for the longest time. How crazy it was that? It was such a long time. Like you would just maybe find like a yoga class at SAS. And I think that, honestly, I think that Phoebe kind of spearheaded that. Because like a lot of us, Phoebe had been going to SAS since she was a kid. What's SAS? SAS, the Radisson. Oh. Did you the SAS? I just never called it the SAS. I called it the Radisson. Okay. Yeah, I think we all just called it SAS since we were kids. SAS. <laughs> it was, I don't care what anyone says. It was the funnest one, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, it, but it didn't have a studio for the longest time. Anyway, we always end up talking about Kuwait a little bit. <laughs> I'm homesick. What can I say? What can I say? But yeah, so back to Dharana though. Um, I find it really, really difficult to stay in the moment of anything that I do. Yeah. You know, it's difficult. Like I always have so many ideas 
And Alex was like, yes, I know. <laughs> I always have so many ideas. I have so much creativity inside of me. And then I get so overwhelmed and I just can't get into it. And I've been trying everything. I've deleted social media. I've, you know, I've, I've tried to, like, I just have so many good intentions, but then I end up redoing my house. <laughs> Notice a different background. <laughs> or like... <laughs> you know, taking a nap. That happens a lot that I get so overwhelmed, I just pass out. <laughs> Can anyone else relate? You mean, are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, you know what? I had an interesting experience the other week. Um, I was in the middle of Rowan's class and I was flowing and all of a sudden her class her class, the repetitive movements bring you into a meditation. And all of a sudden, once I was in the middle of that practice, I had the inspiration to write a poem. And I think that would be an example of something that in the past, if I were in the middle of practicing, I would think like I would be trying to push away all those thoughts and those feelings and those words that were forming in my head because I felt like that wasn't the present moment. And, um, it was a really interesting experience because it was me of accepting like this is the present moment you know this is exactly what i need to do right now i need to write this poem um and so i think we are often in like a war with our minds when we think like oh focus in the present moments means now 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 <laughs> when really it's like whatever is being brought to you in that moment you know did you actually stop and write the poem yeah. it's about um my uh, ex-boyfriend who had lots of psycho exes, quote, I use quotation marks, that's how he would describe them. And, um, oh God, that is, by the way, I strongly believe that when somebody says really mean things about their ex or their exes, then that means that's like a huge red flag. I know. Did you see what I posted on Instagram today? Um, Oh, no, because I don't have Instagram. Oh, my God, you don't have Instagram. Okay, let me tell you what it was. It was that men, it was the whole trope of the psycho ex-girlfriend was created by men, so they don't need to own up to the traumatic ways that they have treated women. Preach. Yeah. It's so true. Isn't that it's interesting? It's so true. It's like, a guy's like, yeah, she's a psycho. And I'm like, okay, but what did you do? <laughs> to turn her into a psycho how many times did you lead her on how many times did you lie to her mm -hmm. <laughs> you know when did you tell her like oh I like you so much and oh god so I wrote this whole poem being like when you're when you're when you love someone who has a laundry list of psycho exes, believe them, da 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 da. And it was, I, I felt so good after I wrote the poem and I posted it on Instagram. And then I was like, what if he reads it and he gets angry and. Well, he can go scratch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not afraid about saying it on this podcast because I'm like, he would never listen to a full podcast. <laughs> but I think he would scroll through my Instagram. <laughs> I've we are very gutsy on this what? podcast. <laughs> Let's what? face it. Who's out there other than our dear friends <laughs> at the <laughs> listening to my podcast? I don't think he has time for this. If you're out there, give us a like. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe. 
at Alex's ex. I actually, I'm going to make the Instagram thing and I'm just going to invite everybody on my list if you're okay with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I will too. Because that'll also be very telling. See how many people actually like like it. Mm-hmm. Just follow. Don't invite him though. I won't. <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't serve anything in your life, if he doesn't serve you, you know. Let him go. It's easy for me to say I really should unfriend my ex. He's never done anything to me, but yeah. I, I think there are some exes who um it might be positive to stay connected to. Like I have one ex who I love from high school who I'm still in touch with, but then there's others who, you know, like at the time when my ex, um, the one who I was engaged to, um, he blocked me on all social media and I felt like it was a really angry reaction from him. And now I'm like happy he did it. Cause it's like, we don't need to be following each other's lives forever. You know, like we don't need that. And, um, yeah. The one thing that I do still have him on is Spotify, which is so, it's so like almost like ghosty, you know, like I will just be on my computer and I'll see that he's listening to a song at the same time. And isn't that creepy how you can see what people are listening to? Like, I actually don't have that on my Spotify. Really? Because do you guys like share an account or something? No, no. You can follow people and then see what they're listening to. And I've never, like, at the beginning of Spotify, that was kind of what it was for, like, sharing your music and whatever. And now I think it's sort of evolved, but I have all these rando people from, like, six years ago, like, people that I don't even think I have on Facebook, like, random names of people from, like, my undergrad (laughs) who I followed, and I just, like, see that they're listening to a song, and, and my ex is one of them. If anyone follows me on Spotify, they probably think I'm a psycho with what I listen to. I just, like, my music taste is so random. Mine is, like, all Taylor Swift. All Taylor. <laughs> but slash, it's, like, yoga playlist slash bar playlist. Like, it's you just hear what I'm listening to in my classes. <laughs> Pretty much, right? So, well, for me, it's, like, yeah, mine is really, really random. It's mostly Ella Fitzgerald <laughs> and then, like, Chopin and then by a tribe called quest (laughs) but nothing that's much more hip than mine from after the year 2003 because i'm such a dinosaur basically (laughs) such a dinosaur but yeah so (laughs) are we are we having trouble achieving dorana in this conversation definitely i i feel like we do this though we have our theme and then we just like the best time we ever stayed on theme was the first episode. I when think so, yeah, because we were so well-behaved that episode. We were so prepared for it. We were like, this is what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm actually a little prepared for this one. I did some research. So I found this, I found this article online when I Googled, what is Dorana? <laughs> By I Am Yoga. I'm not sure who they are, but they're .ca, so hey, oh. Canada, what's up? <laughs> they're an amazing studio in um, Toronto. I've been there. Oh my God, I love their studio. Yeah, it's like, um, they have one at Young and Bloor. That's the one mm-hmm. I went to with my ex, actually, who I was, the one that I was engaged to. Um, <laughs> uh, when he was in Toronto, um, we stayed in a hotel room down at Young and Bloor, and then I just happened to be there in the morning, and I Googled, like, what's the nearest studio to take a class, and it was I Am Yoga. Um, and I went, 
I remember being so hungover. Oh my God. And I went to a hot yoga class and they, I just remember it being enjoyable. I connected with the woman who I think I might still have on Instagram and they had a wall of like picture frame quotes that were inspirational. Like it was just a cool little studio. Okay. I am yoga. Tell us about Dorana. So I am yoga says about Dorana. Um, hmm. Practice Dharana in your everyday life. You need to focus on one thing at a time. This is what I copied down because this is what like resonated uh, with me. Try setting a timer for tasks and keep yourself focused on that length, uh, focus for that length of time. For example, washing dishes, doing work, reading a book, eating or spending time with loved ones. For that amount of time, put away your phone, turn off the television unless you're actually watching it and spend your time doing that one thing. That makes a lot of sense about the television thing. I don't know about you, but like, I'm always, I always have it on in the background when I'm cleaning and I'm cooking, mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, I guess that's fine while you're cleaning, but while you're cooking, I think it's a little dangerous. Mm -hmm. You know, because then I, because then I just end up like kind of watching it and snacking on stuff, and I'm like, but wait, what about dinner? And then I just feel weird at the, you know, I, I don't know that that was just interesting, but uh, that's just like in an everyday life kind of way, which I appreciate that they put that up there. They have Dharana in your yoga practice. Mm -hmm. The same idea applies in the studio. To practice dharana during your yoga practice, focus on one thing at a time, such as breath, which is what you always tell us during shavasana or yin. You can also try to uh, you can also try setting an intention and focusing on that throughout your physical practice during meditation. Try using a mantra that you can repeat silently as you sit in, style, in stillness. A mantra can be anything simple and repeatable in any language. The point is that repeating a silent mantra occupies most of your brain power and is also a powerful tool in, for training concentration. Hmm. What do you think? That sounds pretty, that sounds pretty universal in yoga teachings, doesn't it? Yeah. It reminded me of when you talked about having the TV on, it reminded me of um, some of my most powerful experiences um, on yoga retreats. Like there's almost like a day when you arrive and then a day when you like exhale and then you like settle into the now. And um, often on the retreats, they'll have you doing like silent breakfast. And at Kripalu where I was last summer, they didn't let the phones, you, they didn't let you have phones come into the dining hall. Um, and I just remember those hours being like, you know, there were these little signs on the table about like how to mindfully eat, you know, look at your food, uh, put your food in your mouth, like chew, how does it taste? Like notice all the textures. And that was like foreign to me because I've lived alone for so long and I'm like, I'm the worst at that, you know, like I'm today this is a terrible thing to admit but i made the shepherd's pie and today i didn't even eat it out of the out of a plate i just ate it out of the <laughs> dish whilst while running around coming to do this podcast you know and it's like we need to that was my choice because i had spent like half an hour on my phone you know i could have set the time to mindfully eat um yeah mm -hmm. 
the phone gets in the way of so much. I've come to realize, like, I really think, because I always, like, I mean, I wasn't the greatest concentrator my whole life, but at least when I was a kid, when I would, like, not do my homework or I would get lazier in class, like, if I wouldn't pay attention, it's because I was always reading, to be honest. I was that kid who had a book hidden in her textbook. Mm-hmm. You know, so when teachers would even, like, catch me and get mad, they weren't that mad because they were like, at least she's reading a novel, you know? Mm -hmm. Or at least she's, like, writing a poem or something. But now it's, like, I'll just waste so much time sitting and on my phone. Like, it's it's poisonous. Sometimes I try to sleep without my phone in my room so that it's not the first thing I see when I wake up. And with me too, with especially now that I'm working this international business, I get messages all through. Like I already had it with my family being on the other side of the world, getting messages in the, in the middle of the night. But um, with, you know, so many people on different time zones, I get messages, you know, like this morning I got a message that I, it like, and sometimes it takes me a while to process, you know, when you're just waking up and it's like, what if I... I really need to work on this. It's going to be like a lifelong goal of like, what if I was able to leave my phone outside my room and then like really spend a mindful morning without it, you know, and then had it for the afternoon or something like, I don't know. I also understand the whole thing that like, I've started, I mean, I started putting my phone back in my room at the beginning of the pandemic because I just, I needed to feel better and my anxiety was really firing up like so many other people's were. And also I understand being so far away from your family, being far away from half of your life, then you just kind of want to like make sure you want to have your phone close to you in case there's an emergency. Mm -hmm. You want to be in the now, you know, in the know, I mean, so not in the now, because that's, you know, but um, I've kind of like calmed down a little bit. I'll, I'll turn on my phone and I'll check WhatsApp really quickly because there's always a million messages in the morning mostly <laughs> the, yoga group. the yoga group is like having a constant party every morning all hours of the day <laughs> between the middle east and north america it's just like in yeah. europe as well it's just like all over um uh, but yeah, I'll just kind of take, I'll just kind of check, make sure everything is okay. And then ever since I deleted Instagram and Facebook as apps on my phone, that's made it so much better. I'll just kind of put it away. And I'm trying to like, if I want to be lazy in bed and not get up right away, like I did this morning, I'll try to at least read. Mm-hmm. That's you great. Know? Like, I'm like, yeah, just like read a book. Don't read the news. Don't get on Instagram. Don't get on Facebook don't start like posting or anything. Just, just read a book, read a book. And at least you'll know. Yeah. Do that. You know what? I never read Rolf's second book. I read little bits of it. Um, his third book really spoke to me. Um, that's the one on uh, daily reflections on addiction and yoga and getting well. So I love book three and book one, but book two, I'm like, that's something that I could do. You know, every morning wake up and read a page from that book. Um, that would be a nice way to start the day. Yeah, it would be. 
I also want to start mindfully eating. I find that not eating in front of the TV helps. Mm -hmm. Mindful eating. And I, uh, I'm, I, this morning I had my breakfast outside because I didn't move the table set up from last night. Like, I mean, I removed like the tablecloth and like all of that, but, but just the positioning of the table, I just kind of left it, you know, cause I was like, oh, I feel like tomorrow's going to be a nice day. Maybe I'll start working outside. Maybe I'll start like writing outside, eating outside and having breakfast outside with my, <laughs> the dorkiest thing that I did in this whole quarantine. <laughs> I'm holding up an O magazine, the May issue. <laughs> o is Oprah's magazine, right? <laughs> and it was nice. It was really nice. You know, it, made me realize that when I was a kid, maybe the way that I used to do things wasn't all that bad. Because I used to always eat lunch or breakfast at my kitchen table, reading a book at the same time. I always had a book in my hand. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's a nice distraction, you know, is reading. Yeah. Yeah, I need to really work on it in my own life. I've been thinking about ways, I've been thinking about reaching out to like trying to take some of Rolf's classes because I think that would inspire me. Like, you know, he does live meditations on Facebook, like putting that in my schedule and being like, this is something that I'm going to commit to. Um, because yeah, you need that. It fuels you. Hmm. You know, actually, uh, when I received the questions from our listeners earlier, I did, there is one that's kind of, should I just ask it now? Because it seems like it's kind of related to what you just said. Yeah. So this is actually from a listener. I know who they are, but you won't. They're from New York though. Um, uh, and they asked, I'm unable to concentrate and I feel like I've lost the ambition to achieve my goals. Will meditation help? Yes. Yes, I think meditation helps you. Like I did Nicola's meditation this week. Did you take that class too? I can't remember if you I took, took it. it once, but I was so sleepy and I did it in bed and I fell asleep. <laughs> She's incredible. Like honestly, her meditation helped me so much. I was so all over the place. And then it just helped me like, um, yeah, just like find the present moment. I would recommend it for sure. Maybe I'll archive it. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that this afternoon. I'll archive that. Yeah. I've been thinking about getting back into meditation. To answer our reader's question, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you are, to be honest. I've kind of lost touch over the past few weeks. And I think, I think my trigger was everything that's been going on, to be honest, outside of the pandemic. Just, it's just, it's been really, really difficult, I think, for a lot of people, a lot of people all over the world. And uh, I think it's made me lose touch. I've also been on a personal level, uh, working on some really heavy things with other people. And I think that that's also been a reason why I've been 
out of touch because I've been working hard on getting my voice out to talk about something that's important to me and a lot of other people. When it comes out, I'll let you all know so you can all read it. Um, but yeah, I've been considering going back to meditation and trying to get my trying to get my dharana back. Yeah. <laughs> as I said earlier. But meditation is really difficult for me. I can't concentrate at all, except for this one time with Jenny when I reached a field of lavender and lemons, <laughs> as we talked about two weeks ago. Well, I feel like we all need more meditation in our lives. And I removed the meditations from the schedule because there wasn't a good turnout for a while. Um, but after doing Nicola's meditation this week, I was like, we need more of this. So starting next week, we have a mindfulness meditation, although it's not going to work for you because it's going to be at um, noon on uh, Sunday Abu Dhabi time. Um, so it will have already passed once this is done. I think that will be like middle of the night for you. Yeah, that would be middle of the night for me. But um, also Nicola is going to start doing yoga nidra and I'm hoping to do a bit more too, um, just because I think we need it right now, collectively. Yeah, because we're all like waking up also and things like for a lot of people, whether they like it or not, things are going back to quote unquote normal. Yeah. And and then in the midst of normal, there's just like a mountain of garbage piling up behind it. Right. And everyone's like, it's okay, shield your eyes, just go, go and go back to being the people who we always expected you to be before we told you all to stay home. Yeah. So we might as well start now before they tell us to stay home again, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of into the idea of staying home again, to be honest. I'm real life is daunting to me after I've experienced this blissful time period of my life where I've completely rearranged my priorities, I've completely rearranged my focus, like, mm -hmm. can't imagine going back right now. Yeah, me neither. It's like, even some of the jobs that I've been applying to, they're like, yeah, we're probably going to be back in the office by then. <laughs> I was like, excuse me, an office? Really? <laughs> I'm a writer. I can do this from home. <laughs> Don't tell me I need to show up at an office. Yeah. Especially one that's off island and I don't even have a car. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, riding on the, the bus and everything. There's oh a lot God. of risks. I have not been out of my neighborhood. In, have you ever been to Montreal? Yeah, but I could probably couldn't picture if you gave a neighborhood. I live near the mountain. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can picture that. Yeah, I live really close to the mountain, and I have not left that, like, this general area. And, like, I mean, I've walked up a little bit to, like, Little Italy, if anyone's familiar, you know, just past the bridge and whatever, but I haven't been downtown in, <laughs> I haven't been downtown since February. <laughs> Wow. It's been so long. I'm going on Saturday for a protest and I already, but I'm not, I'm going to walk. I don't care how long it takes. Like I'm not getting on the Metro. I'm not ready. Yeah. So 
Anything else about Dorana that you think is relevant? I don't know. I think it's okay to, to not try not to judge yourself for, for struggling with it. Um, I think for a long time, I felt like I was the only person who couldn't achieve this, like a state of concentration, a state of focus. And I've really tried to like drive home to my students that like, it's totally normal to feel um, not focused, right? Because you have, you know, like a great example of this would be, I had been practicing yoga for like seven years and um, teaching yoga for three or however long. I think I told this story on a podcast episode when I was in Salman's class. Did I tell this on an episode? And um, I don't think so. Okay. So I don't know if I did, but um, I had just gotten engaged over the weekend in Cyprus and I had come back and I took Salman's class and I could not even keep my eyes closed, but I didn't even know that. That's how, that's how panicked I was. That's how disturbed my mental state was. And um, he came up to me at the end of the class and was like, is something wrong with you? And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. And he's like, well, you, you don't seem fine. And um, you know, and, and, and that's normal. If you're going through like a very stressful time, then obviously your focus is not going to be there. Right. And I think as a, as a teacher and a student for so long, like you can judge yourself or you can just like accept it and be like, this is where I'm at right now. And it's okay. And like, maybe next week will be better. But mm -hmm. what Kat always says is, is do your very best being in the moment. And I've kind of adopted that. Like, so she'll always say like being here as best you can. And I love that because it's like, there are days when the best you can is, not the same as yesterday and that's okay. Hmm. Yeah. So don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> I'll try, but as always, the sky is blue. Yasmin is hard on herself. <laughs> Facts, baby. <laughs> that last for you, Nadia. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Shmidi, is there uh, is there um, another question, or do you want to say anything else? Um, uh, I mean, in terms of saying anything else, I think that we've talked and lived this to death, <laughs> to be honest, or I have at least, and I'm just not going to give up on myself any day now. I will be a focused human being, but I really have to work on accepting that some days are gonna be less focused than other. Like yesterday, I realized that I probably wasn't gonna get anything done. And so I did nothing. I mean, it helped that the whole province I lived in was like, it was our national, it was our province's holiday, like Quebec day, which I shouldn't really support to be honest, but, it's fine. We'll all support Saint Jean Baptiste if it means nothing. And uh, yeah, I, I did not feel an ounce of guilt. I I didn't do anything except cook dinner with my friend, and it felt really good. And I think that it's necessary to allow yourself days like this, especially if you're like me and you have trouble concentrating on things. Um, so there is another question. Uh, this is from somebody in Abu Dhabi. 
if you got what you always wanted in life after you lost interest in them, what would be the point in getting them? Hmm. What does that mean? Does it mean like disconnecting your like wants and desires? Is that? I guess what the person is saying is asking is let's say you've always wanted a bunch of like, let's say I'm like, my list of things is I want to buy a house. I want to buy, I want to get like, uh, I want to be a content manager at a cutting edge company. Um, I want to get a Yorkie and call him Lenny, <laughs> you know, like X, Y, and Z. And then you've achieved X, Y, and Z, but then you've lost interest. What would, what was the point in, going after those goals in the first place and achieving those specific goals if they didn't make you happy in a lifelong kind of way or you've lost interest really quickly. I, I mean, that's what I think they're asking. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Can you repeat what you just said? I think <laughs> I'm having Darana. <laughs> <laughs> You're not having Durana. I'm so undurana right now. <laughs> so basically, I think what the person is asking is, what's the point in going after your goals if you're going to lose interest in them after you've achieved them? Like saying you want to make a lot of money and then you have all that money, but then you've lost interest and you've kind of gotten bored. Or being like, I want to work in this kind of job, but then you've gotten that job and then you've lost interest in it because you're bored. Or, I mean, I can, I can understand what this person is asking, but it doesn't seem like you have that issue because you seem to hold on to interest. You're like, Me? I'm still interested. I'm like, I'm just, I'm so confused by the question because I'm like, my life dream and my life goal has been to own a yoga studio and I will never, although to be honest, I'm kind of, I was going through a little bit of something not exactly like this. It's not that I'm losing interest, but I feel like I'm not doing well enough at what I'm doing, which is like mm -hmm. insane. When I had this epiphany yesterday, I was like, or two days ago, I was teaching a class themed on like gratitude practice. And I'm like, I'm sitting here being like, I don't have enough members. I don't have enough. I'm not making enough money. And then I'm like, holy shit. I started my own yoga studio. This is a life dream. What the hell? Like, <laughs> this is enough. This is enough. Whether I'm losing money, whether I'm like, this is, has always been my dream. And maybe this is what this person's talking about is like, yeah. And yeah, like, why is it never enough? And your studio is also like three months old, by the way. Yeah. You know, if, if this was 1997, you would be really, you would be super content. Mm -hmm. I think we just live in such a fast paced world now. Live in such a fast paced world. I think actually that's the answer to both of our interpretations of this person's question is that it's not our fault. There isn't no point in going after what you want. It is the world that we live in that's changed our perception and that's made us, that's made us unhappy or unsatisfied quickly, mm -hmm. more, more quickly than before probably because of all the distractions, 
we have around us because of everybody flaunting their lives, you know, making us think that we can't be happy with what we have or what we've achieved or, I mean, I'm the queen of not feeling like my achievements are anything worth being happy about, even when, you know, because there's always somebody out there who's doing more than me or doing better than I am. And I think that Dorana could come into this in a way for us to like, you know, concentrate on the moment, celebrate the moment and concentrate on your own happiness for the moment. Is that correct? Or is that completely like? Yeah, well, Dorana, yeah, being in the moment, for sure. Be in the moment about it and, you know, it'll, it'll be okay. You know what? It circles back to how we started the episode, which was like a gratitude practice. And that's been something I've been trying to cultivate and theme my classes on is like, you can have these moments where you're so down and out about your life, you know, like I'm so tired of working these two full-time jobs. And then I had a conversation with someone that I work with who he's, he worked in the, the coffee shop on campus, lost his job. And now he's like selling peanuts on the street. And he messaged me to be like, you know, can I clean your car? Can I clean your house? And it's things like that when you're like, wow, I just need to have gratitude for where I am right now, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's so true. That's really sad. Like, even for me, I've lost my job, but I'm not asking anybody to, like, if I can clean, like, I don't need to do that because I have a saving account, you know, I have EI, I have, like, I'm so lucky. Mm -hmm. Lucky that Canada is protecting people. Um, Yeah, and lucky that I lived at my parents' house for three years and didn't have to pay for rent or my car, and I saved a lot of money when I was in Kuwait, exactly for a day like this. You know, like, yeah, I'm so lucky. I hope that person finds something soon and and makes it work. Mm-hmm. Times are hard right now. We just got to be grateful for what we have. Yeah, and we all have to take care of ourselves and be easy on yourself and you know mm-hmm. it's okay if you lose your dharana every now and then and just take care of you dig deep and you know you'll get there you'll get there uh anyway anything else alex that you need to say to feel complete or that wraps it up if you like this podcast, please rate, share, subscribe, etc. And uh, hopefully by the time this comes out, our Instagram account will also be out. So share that as well. And uh, as usual, any topics, any questions, anything. I guess if we have Instagram by that point, which we really, really should. Otherwise, my Dorana <laughs> was <not laughs> being strong. <laughs> then uh, send us a private message perfect on instagram at to be determined <laughs> <You'll hear it. laughs> at whatever <laughs> at chaturangas by the mlpc yeah it'll be in the bio
Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. The Mindful Life Practice Community.